Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. Hallelujah. I want to speak something about um, the mystery of his grace. Hallelujah. You will understand. Let's read. The Bible says, and when Jesus was entered into Copernicus, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And the Bible says, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He says, for I am a man under authority having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And the Bible says, now Jesus had it, and he marveled, and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come, listen, from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I said to ask myself, why? 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 If you read from the message version, um, verse 10, from verse 10. Give me the message. Sam, King James. Matthew 8, verse 10, the message Bible. If you read from the 10th verse, it says... <clears throat> The Bible says, taken aback, Jesus said, I have yet to come across the kind of simple trust in Israel. The very people who are supposed, listen, to know all about God and how he works. Are you hearing me? This man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming in from the east, pouring into the west, sitting down at God's kingdoms, kingdom banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then those who grew up in the faith, he puts clothes, that had no faith, but had no faith, will find themselves out in the cold, outsiders to grace, and wondering what happened. Did you hear that? The Bible says they will wonder what happened. Some people, outsiders are going to come into this thing, the scriptures say, and then they'll eat on the testimony of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, but they, which were in the faith, you born again Christians, he says they will come later on, and they'll wonder why they're outsiders to their grace. And then they're going to ask themselves, how did it happen? How come the guy outside has faith and I don't carry faith in the inside? How come the men of the world without the Bible will do things of faith than the Christian which is in the faith? Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 speaks of that evil. He says that there is an evil I have seen under the earth. And he says, the men to whom the Lord has given power, he has given honor, he has given authority, that they will want nothing. And the Bible says, but they never receive the power to eat thereof. And the scriptures say, but the strangers come in and devour it. You get where I'm coming from? 
and he says it is an evil disease. Some people think disease is headache, flu. No. He says, a man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul, all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. Some people don't know that other disease. They only know diseases of flu and cough. There is a disease when a stranger should come and eat what is of the children of Almighty God. You understand where I'm coming from? Now, there's a stranger out the other side. He's not Israel. And he comes and he says, I am sick. Uh, sorry, my servant is sick. And he says, I'm going to come and heal him. And the guy says, no, no, I'm unworthy. And I'm going to come to that. He says, I'm unworthy. Just send your word. He says, I'm a man under authority. I know how these things work. Any guy under me, when I tell him go, he doesn't ask me where. He just goes. You understand? Any guy under me, when I tell him run, he doesn't ask me how. He just has to run. He says, now you just send your word. Your word. It shall suffice. And he says, I have not seen this kind of thing. You see, now, Jesus, in that story, many people are saying have faith, but not really. Jesus is actually trying to give you a correlation between a guy who is not in the promise, who is a stranger to the promise. He was a Roman centurion. He's the other side of the world. And then he's giving you a line of a guy who is in the thing. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he says that many of these guys are going to come and they're going to eat on the table of the very line of the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They shall take of that testimony. The things that worked in Isaac, Isaac and, sorry, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob shall work in their lives while our guys, the Christians, those who are in the faith, will look as outsiders of the grace and wonder what really happened. What really happened? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where I want to begin from. Number one, when I say that the spirit world is ranked, I mean it is ranked. You get it? And the spirit world ranked, many people don't, okay, well, there is the primary line of the officers the Lord has appointed to us. Okay? Give pastors, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, the edification of the body. You get it? There's an office of the fivefold, what you want to call the fivefold. Okay? But there's a ranking that just comes in the Christian faith simply or entirely by what the man knows. As knowledge increases in your spirit, so it is with your influence in the spirit world. The less you know, the less you affect the spirit world. Many people don't know that the devil is not ignorant about the spirit world. Christians are ignorant of the spirit world, but the devil is not ignorant of the spirit world. Because he functions most in the spirit world. The Bible says that all these things that you see were brought about by the things that are not seen. But to the new creature, the Bible says that the things that have been hidden have now been made visible that men are without excuse. We are in a dimension where we cannot have excuse anymore because eternal wisdom has been revealed unto us to demonstrate what we must know because we are children of God. We are not begotten after flesh and blood, the Bible says, neither the will of man. The Bible says we are begotten by the Spirit. And because we're begotten by the spirit, we are actually more acquainted to the spirit world. Should and must be acquainted to the spirit world more than the physical world. The physical, in fact, you, you ought to forget that there's a step here than you should in the spirit realm. Why? Because you are a spirit being. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. But you see, we have lived a long line and life of Christianity that is too deceptive. I always use that word. Why? Because... I know what it means to be a deceived Christian. You get it? I know what it means to be a deceived Christian. 
Deceived Christianity is a place where you cannot be vindicated by the Spirit. Yet by truth of the scriptures, the mystery of godliness, the Bible says, if he came in the flesh, he must be vindicated by the Spirit. The Spirit of God must prove who you are. You live a deceived life if the Spirit of God cannot prove who you are. You get what I'm trying to tell you? You must have a distinction of identity in the Spirit. And that's the difference between just saying, I am a Christian, I'm born again, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. But you also even must have a distinction in what you preach. He says that the things, even the things, the Bible says, that do not have life, the Bible says, have a distinction in sound. The harp, the pipe. And he says, even, in, even if you go further, he says, for if there is no distinction in sound, of course, the first place that distinguishes the trumpet from the pipe, yes? But there is that thing in the trumpet that has to be sounded, and you know the trumpet is for war. Or the trumpet is for a meeting. Or the trumpet is for a gathering of a party. Or a trumpet is announcing something. And he says, but if I know not the meaning of this sound, how will I know that the trumpet is calling me for war? You get what I'm trying to tell you? Directly translated, even the Christian, even though God has called you to be whatever you have to be in this world, there must be a distinction that puts you aside. Okay, yes, there are many teachers, but what are you teaching? There are many pastors, but what are you pastoring? There are many engineers, but what, is, what makes you unique? From any other engineer. There are many apostles. That's true. But how, what makes you distinctive from any other apostle? Every child of God must seek that place. You must seek a place where you have a distinction. Least the communication of the sounds that come out of you. You understand? Might not be understood by the spirit world on what implication they carry. And a man who cannot communicate by implication in the spirit realm cannot have results in the spirit. You can have results physical. You can do things other people can do who are not born again. But you can never do anything a man who is born of the Spirit can do. And that's the place where we're vindicated by the Spirit. The Spirit of God must prove that you are born of God. Before you even tell anyone, you must get to a point where you stand in a meeting and a person looks at you and they know you're born again. Not because you even spoke anything. Uh-uh. But because there is, there is a glory. The Bible says that he crowns with his ministers. It is something that comes with a place of knowledge. Everything supplied in your life shall and will come and must come with knowledge. But everybody has their understanding of what they define as knowledge. It's like Christianity today. They can say, oh, today they preached about love. And then guys say, oh, even as they preached about love. And then guys say, ah, yeah, yeah. Even as they preached about love. By the way, I think it's a season of love. Eh? Don't you think? Yeah? Even I t- you care? You've been there. Well, almost every church preaches about love. Let me show you something in Corinthians. First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 18. Let's begin verse 18. The Bible says, "Uh uh-huh. I thank my God, he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. This is Paul. He says, yet in church, I had rather speak five years, listen, with my understanding that by by my voice I might teach others also than than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Are you hearing me? But he says in the next verse, brethren, be not children in understanding. He says, how be it? In malice, be ye children, but in understanding. He's repeated it, be men. You realize in the first verse, he spoke of the place where he wants to speak in tongues, but he'll speak in a tongue known. That says, I will speak with my understanding. In the second verse, he says, in understanding, be what? Be men. In the first verse, there is an experience of a with understanding place. 
In the second verse, there's an experience of an in-understanding place. There are people who worship with understanding, but they don't worship in understanding. There are people who preach with understanding, but there are people who who preach in understanding. There are people who worship God with understanding. There are people who worship God in understanding. There are people who preach the gospel, who preach or, or prophesy with understanding. And there are people who teach or preach or prophesy in the understanding. The Christian, the primary line with the understanding means that it is something that can be easily interpreted by a man's mind. So therefore we can say all of us preach love, yes. The whole, all the three, four, five churches preach love in the region, yes. But to which depth of the in-understanding experience is the preacher preaching? You get what I'm trying to tell you? You can recite the Psalm 23. Everybody knows the Psalm 23. But what's the experience of that Psalm? What is the in-understanding experience of that that psalm besides the with-understanding experience? And many Christians work with the the understanding experience. So many things are done with the understanding. You can think that because everybody's preaching love, therefore we all have the understanding of love. And sometimes you want to explain to the Christian that even though all of us are preaching love, but none of us are preaching in the understanding. We can preach with the understanding, but not all of us are preaching in the understanding. And therefore, that's why the Bible now speaks of a book of Leviticus where he tells men not to mix seed. The place where you don't mix seed, look at 11, the seed is a word. You must get to a point where you cannot, listen, if you want in-understanding experiences, submit under in-understanding experiences. If you want with-understanding experience, submit under with-understanding experience. Because every time you are with-understanding, are you hearing me? And you want to have an experience of in-understanding, language will class. That is why with understanding, he can pray in an an understandable language. But in the understanding, the language changes. It's the language of the spirit. How can I communicate two kinds of languages? You cannot serve. The Bible says two masters and a go. You'll hate one and, and, and love the other. You must put yourself in a place where, okay, as a Christian, am I doing things only with understanding of doing them? Or am I doing things in the understanding of doing them? We have people who have been in the church for so long to master every with understanding experience that every time they do with the understanding if you don't have a line of discernment you might actually think they know what they're doing but look at the results you're so shocked you're so shocked they really don't know they really don't know and that is why i told people that the true place of the challenging thing for every christian must be when you have to prove you are spirit Live along these things of, listen, there are things men can do and there are things only God can do. Do you understand? There are things only men can do and there are things only God can do. Men can have a with understanding line. And that's why the scripture speaks of having a form of godliness but denying the very power of. Form of godliness, meaning you can see something and it's so of God but without the substance thereof. But that's the life Christians are living. Many Christians are living a form of anointing. They're living a form of demonstration. They're living a form of faith. They're living a form of worship. They're living a form of prayer. But trust me, forms never carry identity. Identity is with the nature of that thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, the testimony of every Christian life is how am I vindicated by the Spirit? If I'm seeking a vindication by the Spirit, I must always shift a with understanding experience to an in understanding experience. If I should be found with the understanding line, it should be the place where I seek to explain to a man of less understanding. 
But I myself should have the understanding of in understanding experiences. And I must, the Bible says, while in the, he says, in understanding, be men. Be mature. Be mature. So, you see, the Bible says that deep call us unto deep. When the Bible says that deep call us unto deep, it means <laughs> the depths of God can only call to a man's depths. So, when the Bible says that his knowledge breaks all depths, I tell people that the depths are in the hearts of men. God will only relate with you on how deep you are. You get it? If your revelation is flower, he will work with you on a flower level. If your vision is shoe, he will work with you on a shoe level. You get what I'm trying to tell you? Why? Because he ministers to only that which is revealed to you. God is not mandated to deliver what is not revealed to you. The Bible says that the secret things are of the Lord, but the revealed things are unto us and our children. There's a place where even your seed, either spiritual or physical, starts to enjoy the benefits of anything revealed unto you. That's the essence of why we must have revelation in the body of Christ. Revelation is when the body of Christ is to the benefit of you and your children, if it is revealed. If it is hidden, it is what? It is of God. But the Bible says that the king, that's the anointing on the king, that's the kingly anointing on us. The Bible says that the king can search out the matter. It is the glory of the Lord, the Bible says, to conceal a matter. He can just wake up in the morning and say, I've concealed it. But the Bible says that it's the honor of that king to search out that very matter. It's our honor to search out what is hidden. But as we continue to grow in God, you realize that there are things that cannot be searched out. So when he says, pray unto me, I shall show you great and unsearchable things. There are things uh, that cannot be searched out in God. They can't. You see, they you see, now, if the king can go to the extent of searching out, God is saying, there's even a place in me you can't search out. But it can still be revealed. But the Christian there know that prevenient grace is the only password to the unsearchable. That's the essence of the grace of God. The gra- Many people think they understand grace when they speak it. The Bible says, all the ways of a man seem rightful. But the Lord judges the hearts of men. The judgments are toward how much we know. The Bible says he shall judge all men according to this gospel. God judges us against truth. He doesn't judge us against anything but truth. That's why the Bible says to whom much is given, much is what? Required. He says, oh brethren, I pray that not many of you desire to be masters. For we, have had, we shall have a weightier judgment. But the same Bible tells me that if a man requires a mastery of things, he must be temperate in all things. I want to be a master at everything I do. Yes, there are judgments that are going to come to me. Why? Because there is a truth that is aligned to me. God knows what mastery is. And every time he must put my spirit in check to see whether I'm aligned to that mastery or I'm not. You get where I'm coming from? So the simplicity of lines is if the kingly anointing is upon my life, I can search out matters and find them. And it's okay to minister from a plane of searching out. But there is a place where you can't search out. What am I trying to say? I'm saying there are things God can do in you that no man can try to do. I'm saying there are things that God can start to reproduce out of your spirit that no man can try to reproduce. It doesn't matter how much they try. They can even try to follow certain patterns, but they might miss out the most important pattern that was which yielded to the grace of God to distribute to you what was unsearchable. God, God doesn't intend to just give us things that are easily found. No, there are things that are hidden God. Revelations calls it the hidden manner. The things that you just can't wake up in the morning and you just search out. The, 
the scarcity of the word in the day of Samuel. Of the word, the Bible says, for the word was very scarce and visions were few. There's a point where we can say, okay, God is distributing the word to the church. God is distributing a message to the church. But there's a point where as you start to grow in God, you can actually design and say, this is not all of it. That is why many of you, the simplest language that I can put your hearts are, it, okay, the simplest language that I can use to define your hearts was, you already said, I am in church, but I feel there is more. Why, why did you feel there was more? Why did you feel there was more? Why did you feel there was more? Had you seen more yet? You had not seen more yet physical, but there was something that was telling you, you know, there must be more than what I'm hearing. There must be more than what I'm experiencing. There should be something more than I see. There's a man who is in the same place as you are, but they're satisfied because they don't feel more. Their spirits are not inclined to more. There is no more to it. They're satisfied. Their souls have been full. They've waxed fat and kicked, like the Bible says. But there are people who wake up in the morning, they just feel unsatisfied, not because they are ungrateful, no, but because there's something they feel, there's just something more. And when they find something like that, they know it. They just, no, no, this is like it. This is it. Why? Because you see, what you're preaching is not outside you, it's inside you. The Bible says the word is nigh It is in my mouth, that word which we preach. But the depth of that word, the word actually used there is logos. The logos is within thee. That which is unsearchable is actually new. I'm not talking about the occasional line of Roman. No, I'm talking of that which is unsearchable. It's inside your spirit. Listen, you have something in you. That's why the Bible says that eye has not seen, ear has not had, has not entered the hearts of man what the Lord hath prepared to them that love him. But he hath revealed it unto us by his spirit. So our spirit carries a revelation of what eye has not seen, what ear has not had, what has not entered the hearts of man. Anything a man has never imagined is somewhere inside me. So I can choose to preach with an understanding of the very things. Or I can choose to preach in the understanding of the very things. But the moment I begin to preach from the in understanding experiences. Brother, you'll walk a few steps searchable. And then the Lord will launch you deep into what's unsearchable. That's why we must have in understanding experiences. Jesus, the person of the gospel, must be an experience to the Christian. It must not only be the thing that meets your need. No, Healing is the children's bread. What is their meat? You get what I'm trying to tell you? There was a, gener- there was a time where I excited about miracles. Okay? We did miracles. The lame walked, blind eyes, cancer, tumors, everything. You're going to see soon testimonies. Yeah, do we pray for somebody with both kidneys dead? Boom! She's kicking. You know, we saw those things. But then we said, no, even though the healing is that, there's still more. We believe God for money. We got money. There was still more. We believe God for things. You understand? And we got those things. And we realized, no, there was actually still more. So now, we, thank you. So we're at that point where, put your name. You, it's at that point where they feel like there is more in God. Can I get it? Shift from with understanding and come in the understanding. Because you see, what is in your spirit, human language cannot put in words. It's inside you. That's why I realized that there's a point in a man that searches out God. But by reason of experience and the dealings of God to that man, there's a point where that man stops to search out God. And God starts to search him out. 
you didn't understand what I say. He says that the, the spirit of the man is the candor of the Lord. And the Bible says, and he uses it what? To search out the inner parts of the man's spirit. Because the Bible says in the kingdom of that man's spirit, the Bible says it's likened and to something from where cometh both new and old. You aha, carry both new and old in your system. It's in your soul. The Bible says that counsel in a man is as deep waters, but only that man with understanding can draw it out. There's a point where God starts to put understanding in you, and then you start to realize, oh, there's actually too much in the latent spirit of a man. Then you think, why? Because it's begotten after the image and likeness of him that created it. This is now bigger than what the world defines great. It's deeper than what the world defines great. There's a depth in God that is bigger than, you see, and that's the beginning of our experiences, the true beginning of our experiences. The things only God can do in your life. And men look at you and they say, no, this money can buy, this no politician can give me, this no connection can give him. It has to entirely be God entirely God. But you must start to think a certain way. Start to wire your life in a certain way. Start to wire your life in a certain way. Why? Because we're moving in a time, and I'm telling you this, we're moving in a time where men are going to be without excuse. Why? Because everything visible, the Bible's invisible, the Bible says has been made visible. When the Bible says has been made visible, many men see chairs and cars, but the Bible says even the Godhead. That means that God now in this generation is more visible And clearly understood by the things that are made. That men now, the Bible says, are without excuse. We're going to get to a point where we don't have an excuse to to live a certain life. We're getting to a point where we don't have excuse. I told people. We're going through India. I reached a guy. And the spirit of the Lord told me he's another spirit. He fell down. Bah. And then the Lord told me everything about this guy. <laughs> he had drugs in him. And there's something else I will not tell you. Man, they checked the guy. You'd be so shocked what they found. You get it? He didn't get on that plane. Now imagine Christians who get on planes with terrorists. They even say, hi, how are you doing, man? I'm Laurie. How was your name? It's your first time to come to America? No way! Tell your neighbor, no way! I'll feel it! I'll feel it! Somehow I feel it! Somebody said in the days of tsunami, animals went up the mountain two days before. It's on documentary. Christians stayed in the valley praying shakarara, shakarara, shakarara. Tell your neighbor, I refuse to die silly deaths. I can't die in an accident. I'll smell it when it is coming. They can't put a bomb on me. I'll feel it when it's coming. You understand? That's who you are. You must move ahead of the devil. You must move ahead of his game. He cannot move ahead of you. No, you must move ahead. Oh, it's... Ah, the Lord reveals to me they did witchcraft on you. How could they do witchcraft on you? By the time they plan to do witchcraft on you, you must be ahead like... Oh, so to love. You must have network on you. By the time they are planning to do witchcraft, 
network full. That's who you are. I say that's who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Back in those days when we were growing up, I always used to tell guys, eh, I had a problem when a preacher would try to explain a past experience of what the devil has done when the Christian was awake. You get what I'm trying to tell you? You see... I'll give an example. When the devil says, I'm going to do this to you, the thought that he sought it. You see, the Bible says, speak not a word eh, about the king. How many are kings here? The Bible says, speak not a word about a king. Least the bad does what? Hears it and take it. Many people in there. <laughs> but the scriptures say, all that which with that with wings carries it. He says two things. A bird can carry it. Uh-huh. One, two, three, let's go. Cast not the king, not in thine salt. Uh-huh. No, cast not the rich in thy bench chamber. For a bird of the air, listen, shall carry the voice. And that which hath wings shall tell the matter. So he's not only talking about silly birds only. No, he's talking about the spirit. The spirit shall tell the matter. The Bible says he searches out the deep things of God. How can he be ignorant of what the devil is? The Bible says you shall receive the Holy Ghost and he shall tell you things to come. Before they think to fire you, you resign. So that you come out of fuss when they hearing me. You tell him, I quit, baby. I quit. And they're like, how did you do it? I don't know. I just quit. I felt like I should quit. And they say, you survived by the... No, I did not survive. I knew. I knew. I knew. I just have to know. Oh, I didn't know that if I take that route, I'll get an accident. No, you had to know. There was a point where something had to tell you no. That point has an accident. Pass here. The Bible says, for you shall stand and a voice shall speak from here. Go this way. Go that way. That's the way. That's who you are. You have to be ahead of your game. You don't deal with the wrong people. You don't meet the wrong crowd. Oh, I made a mistake. I entered a business deal with a man I didn't know. How couldn't you not know that the guy was a thief? I have to know. I have to know. The Bible says you have an action from on high. You know all things. One of my members brought me a guy and told him, I met this man, I want to marry him. And I said, let me meet him. He can't. I told her he has a wife and two kids. He's married. He's living with that woman. Say what? No, he's a good guy. He don't have anything. Come on. He's innocent. I said, no, you do your research. After one month, oh, girl, Papa, you were right. You had to know. You, you just had to know. Yo, you had to know. You had to know. You have to know. That's the Christian life. You have to move ahead of the devil. He said, thank you. He said, before you call, I will answer. Do you know what that means? It means even though you are ahead of the devil, God wants to be ahead of you. Such that cancer was slow. Pneumonia was slow. This morning, man, I was in my bed and I had a vision and in that vision this morning, 
I saw disease hit my kidneys and, and I saw myself in a hospital bed and I said is that Grace Udovega <laughs> and the Holy Ghost said yeah, yeah he planning there I said shakaranda raba baba 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 I said no way no way I just went to her and I told the devil Gwebos, I got to know what you are planning I'll slap the hell out of you if you put disease on me be sick. I refuse to be sick. I refuse. I must move ahead of my game. Listen, but some people say, I even dreamt it. I dreamt when I was falling sick, but I don't know what happened. How can you not know what happened? No! Everything redeemed is for your redemption. Revealed, sorry, is for your redemption. Anything the Lord reveals, bam. The moment you, you dream that, oh, I dreamt when I have it, I have it. That's, you won't have it. How can you? God has revealed it for you to change it. He gave you power. He says, whatsoever you loosen on the earth, it shall be loosened in the heavens. He said, whatsoever you bind on the earth, it shall be bound in heaven. I can only get it if I went to hell. But earthly, heavenly experience, nada. In those dimensions, I refuse to be sick. And that's how I live my life. It's not that I've had, oh, Pastor Chris is in hospital doing what? Doing what? Uh, maybe raising dead people but I hear Simanyon drip I refuse even you refuse 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 you must move ahead of you by the time you start to feel broken bones and then you have to go to be diagonized of malaria you're falling you should have sensed it before plasmodia came it's entering female anopheles mosquito One time I was somewhere in Kazo preaching and then a mosquito came bah, and it shut. And I said, you better not have malaria. Drink. You just drink. Drink. You fool? Go. Hey, hey, you don't understand the mystery. The Bible says in him was life. In him was the way. I have the life of God in me. If a mosquito takes if it had cancer, it would be healed. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I am healing in my body. I'm not excited. I know what I'm talking about. If I told you the last time I got malaria, some of you would be disappointed that you still get malaria. I made a covenant with every mosquito. One day, I just, you know, I used to have chronic malaria. You know, chronic? Every three weeks, I was in hospital. Why? But I was a Christian. With chronic malaria, every three weeks, two, two. I, there's nothing I didn't swallow. Maybe even Coatem is. There's nothing I didn't swallow. Local African. You get anything. I know how to swallow. Then one day I saw the healing ministry of the Holy Ghost. I said, what? I have just been sillyly sick. If the word sillyly exists. I said, no. Because me, that's how I do it. I said, every mosquito listening to me now. I speak to your seed and every other that shall be produced after this. Whichever oil through sperm and whichever thing called mosquito malaria. Now I warn thee, none of your seed shall be able 
to put a plasmodium in my body. That was the last time I suffered from malaria. I don't know malaria. When they are hungry, they eat and they go. I'm a bit generous, you know. In understanding. Don't try this at home. It's possible to live healthy. It's very possible to live healthy in Jesus' name. Me, that's my story. If you claim yours, it's okay. If you still feel you want to be a bit sick, you know, when we were young, there was a time we just wanted to be sick for Ribena. Who remembers those days? We love Lucozet and Ribena. Lucozet was a bit off, but Ribena was my thing. Because wait, until you realized recently, he didn't have vitamin C until recently. What was I taking? I thought I was adding blood in my body. And then you say, I'm sick. Then they give you Ribena. I I said, I'm sick. Then they give you Ribena. We don't glory anymore in disease. We, oh, oh, no. Mystery of his grace. But listen to this. The guy says, I am, I am a soldier under authority. I understand how authority works. I know you have seen the things that you're doing. If I understand authority well, I don't speak to something and it doesn't respond if it's under me. I know disease is under you. You just send a word. You don't even need to come. And I know your word is also subject to you. Just send it. You just send it. He understands the place of authority very clearly. Some of you don't know the things above you and the things on your level. When you understand what's below you, You'll start to send words. Yeah, I told people one time I was driving and they called me. In fact, the two people I've raised from the dead I was driving. The third one, I, I, I entered the room. But the two people I first raised from the dead I was driving. I, I didn't even need to. God, then you know how people create special prayers like a Muslim. Then they look for their direction. Campus, black box, what? Then they put their heads down. No. They asked Tommy, she's dead. Is she called Burundi? Yes. Can a doctor confirm? Yes. She's really dead. Wonderful. Doctor, is she dead? Yes. Now, in Jesus' name, come back to normal. Because, you see, your word, your, that's why some of you are sick and poor. Because your word has been making you sick every day. Put it back at yeah, will I get a seat in Fanerola? Not you. We, we, for you, you wanted to sit. But you see, there's some people who everything is just speaking. Will I ever find? Ah, can it work? Ah, you, you, you're killing yourself every other day. For us, we're giving life to dead people. Through the word. Through the word. If you'll only dare to believe this. You know, people think, Ah, raising dead men, it's so miraculous. You must, no, no, you just need to have an understanding experience. Listen, the Bible says death has no sting. That's what the Bible says. Death has no sting. In other words, it has no consequence. It has no effect on the Christian. It was defeated. When I get to death, I address it not as something of my level. Not as something above me. It's something below me. How can you die? I refused it. For the second woman, even they put the kids through mortuary. 
They were taken through the third door and almost laying down. The kid coughed back, <coughs> I'm alive. Because that's the glorious life of the Christian. I can, listen, I refuse to die a normal death. I refuse to live a normal life. Why? Because I'm also a man under authority. I'm a man under authority. The Bible says, I give you now authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And none of those things shall in any means harm you. I'm not talking of that kind of authority. Do you realize Jesus spoke to unbelievers in that scripture? It was provisional power to trample on snakes and scorpions and none of those things in any means harm you. All the guys were speaking to then were not born again. So the New Testament creature can't claim the glory of a snake biting them and they got healed. It is still a lower level. You have a higher level. If a snake should bite you, it should get born again there and then it should confess the Lord Jesus. It must be a bit more epical. More epic, so to speak. He was speaking to believers. I mean, I'm, I'm guys who are not yet born again. They were not new creatures in Christ Jesus. But he could give them a provisional power to survive weeds. Before the real thing comes in. So trampling on snakes, serpents and scorpions, all of those things are just experiences of provisional power he gave before he died and rose again and they became born of the spirit. They were just souls relating with the spirit. But they had the power not to die under that kind of thing. So the New Testament creature, look at Paul on, from the island of Malta. The Bible says, it's, <laughs> this silly thing came and gripped his hand. Bam! You see that? Now, many people think Paul was going to claim the Peter, those Matthews before they were born experience. Eh? <laughs> they thought he's going to say, the Bible says, you shall trap on the skirts and scorpions, and none of those things are going to harm you. I refuse to be sick. In Jesus' name, I decree that this poison, that's all unbelief, brother. This poison will not have effect on me. No, no, no. The Bible says, he shook it off. It's a it's a tap. He just did his own business. And nothing happened. Why? He felt it's a lower rank. The Bible says he just shook the beast off. The Bible didn't say, and then after Paul went to entreat the Lord that the poison not. Oh, there was not even a, a faith confession from Paul. <laughs> There's a point where even when you say, I can't die, is unbelief. And you have to take it there. Who, who, who understands what I'm saying? You, you get what I'm trying to tell you. At that point, he knows they trample on snakes and scorpions. None of, they are just unbelievers. And to me, Paul says, it was given to lay the foundation of the gospel. I'm deeper than the other guys. They got provisional power on snakes and scorpions. Beast comes, quah, hits me. The person just did like, quah, like, like, thank you, like a grass touched him. And the Bible says, and they waited to see him die. <laughs> they waited. And I can imagine Paul in that epignosco, not gnosco, but epignosco, the advanced, complete, perfect knowledge of the beast strikes away. And I see him mix his tea like nothing happened. It's not faith, it is knowledge. And then they're waiting for him to die. And then a few hours later, they're saying, you're God. 
that's why it's not the men came in likeness of gods. No, it is the gods have come in the likeness of men. You are a god with a human body. He said, ye are gods, but you die like mere men. The foundations of the world are out of course because of you, black woman. There are certain things that are supposed to be switching now. We, we, the church of Christ ought to be now determining whether forecasts. It's going to rain. It's not going to rain. One time I was in Gerenge, somebody bears me witness. I don't know who I was with. The rain came and we're on Gerenge ground. And I told people we're not leaving this ground. And the rain came. And it started to pour down in very heavy torrents. And I told them, if you stay in this circle, no rain shall touch you. Who was in that meeting? The rain fell, not meters, like this, from that circle. It hit the whole circle until the whole ground was dripping with water. And the people in the circle were not wet. Not one of them. Why? Because I know who we are. I know who I am in God. I... I don't know what I'm talking to you about. I don't know that you understand what I'm talking. You have to get to a point where you understand that, you see, God, God didn't just come in your body to help you eat pancakes, very nice what? Eh? Conflicts and milk. Then you say, mm, the Lord has blessed me, you belch. I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. No, 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 no. He says, I'm come that you may have and life to the fullest. Joy and speakable full of glory. You're not just happy, but you're gloriously happy. You don't just have a job, no, but you're anointed in the job. You don't just have a marriage, but you're anointed in the marriage. You don't just have a business, you are anointed in the business. You don't just have a, you are anointed in the thing which you do. There's a preordination surrounding every purpose that you live under the earth. It has a, nobody just wakes up and they fire you. No. And he says, and every tongue that raises against you. Listen, Christian, you have to get to a point when somebody opens war on you, they are opening war on fire. Ah. The Bible says that he makes his ministers flames of fire. By the time they touch you, they say, oh, your murido. Oh, your murido. Get to a point where by the time somebody says they want to touch you, by the time somebody says they want to, listen, when the Bible says touch not the anointed, do you know why he's talking of touching? They are fire. He knows. You touch fire, it will burn you. You're that deadly. You're that deadly. So when people raise issues against you, oh, this woman, da, da, let them speak whatever they want. Nothing they say has consequence on you. Why? Because you're fire. Are you quarrel with fire? Uh-huh. Start. Have beef with fire. Now, let me say something 10 minutes and we'll get out of here. You see a guy like this guy, and, and I want to pick something from that before I finish. Show you a certain mystery here. You remember the centurion says, I am unworthy. What was he? He was an unbeliever. He was not Israelite. He was a stranger to the promise. Alienated, the Bible calls it, from the life of God. Without a God in this world. But this guy without God came with faith toward God. He's saying he's unworthy because he realizes he's not among the Israelites to whom the promises the Bible says were. 
But number two, even just more than that, he has not followed Christ enough to have a testimony of being a disciple. He is foreign and is unworthy. And that's when Jesus now draws the two lines. He says, are those ones huh, who are in and there are those ones who are out and the guys out are going to take the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like the message Bible says. And the Bible says, while these others are going to observe as outsiders of their grace and ask themselves, understand. Taken aback, Jesus said, I've come to across this kind, I've never come across this kind of simple trust in Israel. The, in the very people who are supposed, listen, to know all about God and how he works. Next verse. This man, listen, is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming in from east, powering in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom's banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 12. And then those who grew up in the faith but had no faith will find themselves out in the the cold, outsiders to grace and wondering what happened. What really happened? They were in the faith, but they were not having faith. And the scripture says they'll find themselves outside. Yet they grew up in the faith. She has been in the church for so long, but she didn't have faith. And an outsider comes from nowhere and he has faith. Why? Because the Bible says it can only be of faith that it will be of grace. Do you want grace in your life? It begins from a faith perspective. The challenge with religion is religion has has taken a place of robbing men of the true experience and relationship of the grace of God and substituted laws and legal requirements for the lives of men instead of relationship with Jehovah God. These men have established you in a zeal without knowledge. Romans 10. Let me read for you something. God help with an R. Galatians 4.17. The Bible speaks of them zealously affecting you. Give me the message version. Or amplified, whichever you want. Give me the amplified, okay. Galatians 4.17. It says, these men, listen, the Judaizing teachers are zealously trying to dazzle you, paying count to you, making much of you, but their purpose is not honorable or worthy for any good. What they want to do is isolate you from us who oppose them so that they may win you over to their side and get your count of favor. Give me the message version of that. Listen to what the message says. He says, those heretical teachers go to great lengths to flatter you, but their motives are rotten. They want to shut you out of the free world of God's grace so that you will always depend on them for approval and direction, making them feel important. You know, people who are like that, you don't do this, don't do that. Don't, you know, what's inside in them? They just want to get to a point where they are important. Why? They want to carry credit of who you are. Have you heard people who say, you see that one? She was nothing without me. They, they don't want God's grace to work in your life. They want to put legal requirements. Let me, let me show you something a bit more crazier. I think it's Galatians 6, verse 11. Give me the message. If you will. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul says, in these last sentences, I want to emphasize in the bold scrolls of my personal handwriting the immense importance of what I've written to you. Listen to his mind. Next verse. These people who are attempting to force the ways of circumcision on you have only one motive. They want an easy way, listen, to look good before others, lacking the courage to live by a faith that shares Christ's suffering and death. All their talk about the law is what? I hate to say it. Next verse. And the Bible says, they, listen, themselves don't keep and they are highly selective in the laws that they what? 
They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast of their success in recruiting you to their side. And he says that is contemptible. The Christian life is not a life of law keeping. The Christian life is a life of grace. It is God, the Bible says, who works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. That's the testimony of every child of God. God has not called you to think that you have to do a million things to get to him. No, he only asks one thing, faith. That's why many people who are legal preachers don't do miracles. You know why? Because they're not faith people. They're works people. God has not called you to a place of works. He has called you to a place of faith. And that faith will allow him to come and work in you. So the works coming out of that faith are not works of the law. They are works of grace because he's working in you. There's a difference between God working in you and men working in you. And that's the only difference. Simple. God in me. He said that I labored more than all my brethren. Yet not I, but the grace of God labored in me. That means that the grace labors in a man. Many people say that grace is, a, is an empowerment. Grace is not an empowerment. Grace is a laborer. He says in Corinthians, he says, I labored more than all my brethren, yet not I, but the grace of God. Do you know how many Christians are trying to be good? Do you know how many Christians are trying to be? They're just trying to be who they already are by God. They've refused to take a simple gift and line of faith. They're trying to do works that will never prove them. There are places, I say, that are unsearchable. And that's where the grace of God begins. You can search out by your own power. But there's a place in God where you can't search out no more. 13, let's continue. Uh Uh-huh. For my part, uh, listen, he's saying, I'm going to boast about nothing but the cross of our master Jesus. Because of that cross, he says, I've been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into their little patterns that they dictate. Next verse. Can't you see that the central issue in all this, can't you see the central issue in all this, the Bible says, it is not, listen, what you and I do that is submitting to circumcision or reject circumcision. It is what God is doing and he is creating something totally new, a free life. Next verse. All who what? Who walk by these standards are? Uh-huh. He's chosen people, uh uh-huh, peace you know what happens on that? peace and mercy start to happen on you it just starts to happen you start to realize things in your life have peace to them, why? because it's not about what you're doing, it's about what God is up to in you, Uh uh-huh, 17th verse quite frankly he says, let's read, one, two, three, let's go quite frankly, uh uh-huh to be bothered anymore by these disputes, he says I have far more important things to do the serious living of this faith I bear in my body the scars from my service to Jesus 11, Matthew 11 28 message still Matthew 11, 28 1, 2, 3, let's go, huh? are you tired? Uh-huh. Not, uh-huh. burn out on religion uh-huh. come to me, huh? get away with me, this is Jesus and you recover your life he says, I will show you how to take a real rest. Next verse. Uh-huh. Walk with me. Uh-huh. Walk with me. Uh-huh. Watch how I do it. Learn the handful's freedoms of grace. Uh-huh. Listen. I won't lay everything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He will not. 
Some people think Christianity is a heavy burden. And yet they were saying, burdens are lifted a covering. Jesus is very near. Then they say, you see, salvation, salvation is not easy. It's not easy. You go through a road, you suffer. It's trials, temptation. Listen, that's not my line. I refuse that line. I refuse that line. You see, it doesn't mean the trials don't come. No. There's a point where Paul is in trial and he counts it all by joy. He starts dancing when they tell him he has cancer. You understand the kind of thing? Why? Because he knows, he says, we know, now we know that all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purposes. But do you know how many, many people are not legal on the line of sin and, and all this? Some of them are legal on the way they live their lives. They've refused unforced rhythms of grace to work in them. They are forcing rhythm and they're saying they're in grace. God, the Bible says the servant of God must not strive. It's not your portion to struggle through life. So, you know, so back in the day, you know, I was raised with my, my dad. He always said, you see some of us, yeah, some of you, you just come here. We used to walk five kilometers, 20 kilometers to school. You get it? Some people also want their children to walk. Here they have a Mercedes. I'm not like that. I'll put my kid in the car and I tell her, you know what? Walked 10 kilometers. You know, like some of us when we were beginning the gospel, it was a bit tight. You understand? You walk like, there was a time I walked for wow, many kilometers deep there in the one tunnel. Why? We're going to preach the gospel. You understand? Now, we have everything we need. I can't get my kid and tell them, even you walk five kilometers so you know how I suffered. No, I put them in the bed and tell them, you know what? I suffered for this. Now you just walk in an unforced rhythm. Drive your bends to ministry. From glory to glory to the very image, likeness, full measure and stage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, stop forcing life. Walk in the unforced rhythm of his grace. Does that mean I do nothing? No, 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 you don't do nothing, you believe. Only believe. What do I what might be do that we might do the works of God? The Bible says, He said, only believe on Him and His only Son Jesus, the one that is sent. That's why the Galatians got it wrong. They think, he says, You began in the spirit. How be it you seek perfection in the flesh? Who bewitched you? That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're not going to get a new car because you have a prayed. No, you're going to get a new car because you're his child. You get what I'm trying to say? Simple. You're not going to build a nice house because you overfasted. No, you're going to build a nice house because you're his child. The lame and blind are not going to walk because you fasted 24 days. That's why people don't understand us. You understand? A guy goes to prayer mountain for 40 days, he can't open a blind eye. Me, I go to Java, eat my chicken full, chicken jack breast, and then I find a lame guy and I make him walk. While I'm still full. You understand why? Because it's a faith issue. Does that mean we don't fast? No, we fast more than them. But we no longer fast to please God. No. We fast because God is pleased. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor it is working in me. And that's why I decree upon your life. Work will come easy. Business will come easy. Marriage will come easy. Relationships will come easy. Everything will come easy. I command every door to open easy for you. Things 
will come in your life easy. The lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. The Lord began a good work in you. He shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Now according to him, not you, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we hope or even expect according to the working power that worketh in you. I want to speak in your life and decree that things are going to come entirely by grace. Unsearchable things are going to work in your life entirely by grace. For the Bible says it is not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of my faith. The Bible says he shall perfect that which concerns me. He is the seed I am the fruit in the name of Jesus. Let the Lord make things easy for you. You're going to walk in an unforced rhythm of marriage, an unforced rhythm of business, unforced. Many struggle, but it's not for the portion of you who is hearing me now. Let the world struggle. But the Bible says in the book of Psalms that he shall increase my glory and he shall comfort me on every side. It is possible for God to make it easy for you. Listen, when we understood this message, we stopped struggling. We, didn't, we don't walk out of sin by tying ropes on ourselves and our zips. No, we walked out of sin entirely by resting. He wants to show you the real rest. Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Of these religious things that you've been setting in your life to think that those are things that are going to make you right with God. No, just enter a God who will work these things in you. And then you're going to look back one day and say, oh my God, how come it happened? And then you'll remember, it was by grace. But you must believe it. It can only be of faith that it will be of grace. If you don't believe what I'm saying, go back to the world and your religion. You'll find out for a few years better a few years more increased than you but I ask the Lord that this thing will hold in your spirit look at how this simple Roman centurion who was a non-believer just came by faith and he, he was a sinner a hundred percent he didn't even repent of his sins no he just told Jesus my servant is sick that was it and Jesus said, I will heal him. He said, no, no, you don't even need to come. You just send a word. It's not even on the state. It's not even on the present state of the Roman centurion. It's entirely the grace of God. See how a sinner unworthy entreats the Lord for their servant. And the word heals the servant. And then you who is a child of God, you struggle to access anything. Listen. The liberty of the spirit must grant you access to all things the Bible says that were freely given unto us by Christ, of which the spirit of God is a guarantee. The very spirit of Christ distributed in every child of God in this room. If an unbeliever can get it, you have to get it more. There's someone in this room that refused to forgive themselves. Listen, Jesus found demons in a man and the demons the bible says the bible says the demons pleaded with him and said at least send us in a pigs if if god could hear the prayer of a demon how much more grace is to you who he died for god is gracious 
The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.